to Yukon and start his company here. And I think he's preparing now for, um, he's working out the World Series A. Uh, and he's working out of Yukon and I think he's got 20 employees or something like that. So I mean, it, it is, that's a SaaS, that's a SaaS company, hmm. uh, working out of here and it might actually be our, our first exit, right? And definitely our first company going to Sears A. William, you're joining us for episode 111, 111, um, uh, from Yukon territories with Uconstruct. Um, Thank you for joining us, man. Um, this is probably one of the coolest locations to uh, to, to, to do a podcast with because, man, like, I really wanted to know when we connected what's going on in the Yukon Territories. So, William, um, thanks, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've been, uh, yeah, I'm always happy to, you know, share what we're doing up here, which is, um, we've been really busy for the past two years. Granted, I've only, I've only been here for two years, but um but we've been really busy and lots of things uh have happened and lots of momentum and it's a good time to you know to share um you know so thanks thanks for the thanks yeah. for having me and thanks for the for the opportunity right so um how can i start how can i start yeah let's let's talk about first of all yukon territories um i mean growing up as an immigrant in canada like yukon was like the fable land you know the 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 land of like ice and snow uh, we used right. to play this game when uh, when I was in grade school called um, uh, Cross Country Canada, where mm -hmm. you would like take a truck and deliver goods across Canada as a way to like learn uh, geography. Mm -hmm. And um, and one of the one of my places was going to like Whitehorse, like you know Yukon, and like going to all the remote areas because it's like it just seems so far away, right? But uh, here we are connecting and talking about uh, you know talking in real time. I really wanted to talk more about what's going on in Yukon territories. Um, how like, how is uh, the environment there? Um, what's going on with people? Like, what are you guys what are you guys working on? How do you incubator? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so first of all, it, it is cold and it is almost <laughs> as it gets. Of course, people in Nunavut and the Northwest Territories will tell you, you know, they're further away and you know, and and it gets colder. I think uh, the what's interesting about the territories is that things are well, things things work differently up here. Right. And, and I think, uh, um, there are good and bad reasons for that. Right. I think it, so I think let's jump on the bad so we can talk about the good and, mm. uh, and expand on, on the good. But I, I think, uh, you know, part of the bad is obviously we're remote. Right. And so, so there, 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 you know, there, there are difficulties to running businesses up here. There are difficulties to living up here. Right. So mm. the, the Yukon is a little more blessed than what we have better traffic, lots of trucks cross through. Yukon, you know, uh, and, and connect Alaska with the mainland. And, and so we, we, we're, you know, we're, we're blessed with a lot, you know, a much better supply chain as far, as far as the North is concerned. I mean, it isn't, it isn't the greatest, but it is, but, but as far as the North, we're, I mean, we're, we're, we're in a lot better shape than the other two territories. The, the second thing that I, I think there are three main ones. I think the second thing is obviously, um, uh, and the internet, right, and, and telecommunications, right. So, I mean, we don't have a lot of um, telecommunications companies really service in the north. So, mm -hmm. uh, there's not a lot of competition. Uh, it's mainly Bell by way of Northwest Tel, which is the local. It is really the, the company that serves the three territories. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, and we have uh, Telus and a couple of other carriers, but it is a bit of a monopoly, right? So, they, it is quite expensive to own a phone, as if it wasn't expensive already to own a phone in Canada, anyway. And, as compared to you know to other places 
um, that's a you know that's another one. And then the internet as well. I mean, it's quite unreliable. And so you know, if you look at tech and so on, without without a reliable internet, well, that's mm-hmm. right. Like if you can really, uh, if you can't, if you know, if you don't have access to reliable internet, well, that it makes uh, it makes it hard to you know do the business up here and 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 be in tech. Um, and the third one, well, I guess it's because that is what you said, right? That perception of the North being really remote and by, and by remote meaning life can be hard and so on. I think, uh, you know, it isn't necessarily true anymore. Um, and so the good things that have been happening, so leaving that the, the bad aside and, and because it is remote and that idea that people have that it is remote translates in not a lot of people visiting and not a lot of people moving up here and not a lot of people considering the North as an ideal destination for, um, for startups and for innovative companies, you know, regardless and of, of, of the, you know, of the growth model. And, um, and so what's been done recently, right. And so I refer again, so I've only been here for two years. So I refer to what I have seen. So I've, you know, with, with much better internet right now, we're working on redundancy services, we will allow for our internet to be, reliable much like in the south which is great um it's not we're not there yet but it's but you know major improvements have taken place um in in the past few months and um we uh you know we're we're working on programs to to get people excited about you know moving up here and starting a business up here and and uh, and also those who will start businesses up here to stay up here and grow mm. so you know i do draw i mean i think i I told a lot of people just having spent a few years in Atlantic Canada that I, I feel like that's the transition that has gone, that has, has kind of taken place in Atlantic Canada, right? Who, you know, who else would have said, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start a, you know, a FinTech company in Newfoundland and, you know, 10 years ago, and I'm going to go public and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be acquired for 10% of Newfoundland's GDP or something mm. that happened a few months ago towards the end of last year mm. uh, with, with the company's Verifin. Mm-hmm. So who would have said, you know, the PEI or, 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 or Atlantic Canada, you know, were ideal destinations for startups or, or for tech companies 10 years ago? Well, not many, but look at where we are now. And so I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, um, the determination on the one hand of the Canadian government, I have to give them that. And of course, it's just by throwing money at the problem. But, you know, the, the whole startup and technology and innovation was, was very is I mean it's, I won't say it's new right but I, I would say that is relatively um, that that would be the that would be the baby <laughs> I was hoping uh, that wouldn't happen um, um, you know the determination to figure it out to figure out our own sort of ecosystems or challenges address them and uh, and get mm-hmm. us all you know jumping on the bandwagon of you know of innovation and technology which is where Canada you know is is headed right. Um, to compete globally, there's really no stopping that, and and uh, and the same is happening here in the north. You know, I think we just, I would say, we're ten years behind Atlantic Canada, right? And and Atlantic Canada is a couple of years behind, you know, other other ecosystems. And uh, but things are moving. And my um, when I was, I guess when I was sold on the idea of moving up here to to Yukon to to kickstart a startup ecosystem and uh, and so on. I I uh, I got excited because I did see I I did see the intention from the various governments and you know here we have three governments the Canadian government the territorial government and First Nations governments 
which makes Yukon a very interesting place to, to, to live and, and do business. Um, but I saw that intention, that momentum, which is to me is, just, is, is very, very similar to what I've experienced in Atlantic Canada. Right? I mean, people are, when the government is in and everyone is excited and, you know, academia and, and everyone is in and they want to, you know, and everyone wants to make, um, make the life of entrepreneurs easy and facilitate them participating in trade missions and, you know, and, 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 and go abroad and participate in accelerators and do all sorts of things, and to, you know, with the hopes that they will come back and bring all that, all that, all that wealth of knowledge and connections and all of that back. Um, then that means there is momentum and that, that means it's pretty, it's like the, it's the best time to become an entrepreneur because mm. it's coming to you as opposed to, you know, look at, uh, you know, other ecosystems, more mature ecosystems in Canada. I mean, you need to go find the support because right? it's no longer coming to you because, you know, because everyone is busy service, ser you know, servicing entrepreneurs. And, um, so um, there is a lot happening as far as, um, as far as programming and, and as far as initiatives is concerned. And I, um, it's kind of, it's funny. I'll try not to uh, laugh too, too much because I, uh, I don't want to sound like, um, I don't want to sound like I, you know, like, a, uh, uh, like there is an underlying message or anything like, mm -hmm. like that. But the day I, I you know, we rescheduled this call, we rescheduled this, this, this podcast. And, uh, and the reason why I did that is because the day we were supposed to, um, uh, to, to, to meet, to chat, uh, I resigned right from my current role. Uh, and the reason why I resigned, so I, I was, you know, I had a, you know, just a, a lot of things to, you know, to do and, and, uh, and I was still thinking I was going to jump on the call and so I was excited and, uh, but I resigned and that meant that I had to figure lots of things out and, mm. and call some people and kind of get organized for, for that next step. Um, and I'm, I'm laughing because it is, you know, on the one hand, um, you know, it was, it was a good, it's a good time. And it's, it's obviously very good time in today as well, but it was a good, it, it was interesting that you reached out because I thought, yes, you know, I can't really publicly announce anything yet, but, uh, big things are coming, you know, uh, and are going to happen this year, you know, for the territory, you know, when I came up here, I, I've told a few people about this and I remember people will say, Hey, uh, uh, you coming, you coming up here to, you know, to help startups. And, you know, and I asked people, well, you know, hang on, kind of like you're talking about startups and I'm, I'm not really following it. So like, hey, what's, what's a startup? And people, you know, used to tell me, well, I can't, you know, startup is a company that's starting up, right? And they used to separate the word startup and they capitalize, you know, the beginning of, yeah, uh, you know, the beginning of each word. And I was thinking, wow, this is going to be, it's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, I mean, I thought we were, you know, I mean, I had no, I had no expectations, but we, you know, a couple of years ago, we were, we were absolutely unaware of where the, the rest of the country was as far as startup entrepreneurship, right? Hmm. Salaries, incubators, I mean, all of this, all of this was, you know, an ineligible language and, you know, that no one spoke and, and no one knew much about, but where we are today is, is, um, it's at a place where the territorial government is really excited and, uh, and aware, very much aware that this could be, you know, this could be the way the territory uh, diversifies the economy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I mean, I won't speak for that, but obviously it is clear that, you know, after two years working on this, and it's such a small town, I mean, this is, I mean, it's absurd how small this is. 
for for uh, you know really small population and um, and everyone you know we all know each other and and uh, and everyone is aware that this kind of this this how much this means to the territory how much this 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 could mean to the territory's GDP and its efforts to diversify the economy keep people here and bring in investment you know attract talent and and you, you again you heard it all before from Atlantic Canada and other places right Northern Ontario I mean it, we all we'll you know we'll try to diversify our economies right and so it, and, and and we do it differently because we all have different assets and and resources and face different challenges um but with the support of the canadian government and with the support of a few other people uh and definitely the private sector um big things will will happen this year um since i came up here i mean we um we started a uh I, I mean, I, I designed this this bootcamp, and and the bootcamp was meant to be a at first I thought a pre-accelerator, pre-incubator program, and uh, well then we 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 didn't even have an we didn't have an incubator or an accelerator, you know, didn't have anything. But I thought, well, mm -hmm. if if I can help you, if I can help you get into a really good accelerator or incubator, depending on the stage of your and the needs of your business, well then you know the you know the same idea of you go and you participate, I support you with some funding to go and participate and then you come back. And and I thought that's a good way for us to get, you know, to get us, you know, get people, people excited. Maybe we have some successes and that, and it is just a good way to, to, you know, to, to get people excited about startup entrepreneurship. Um, we started doing that and we graduated 23 companies by the end of last year. You know, yeah, the end of last year. So that's 23 companies, 23 entrepreneurs went through the program in a span of 12 months, which was a very lofty target that I set for myself and it really worked out, you know, quite well. Um, and, uh, and, and this spring, um, there will be a new program called STEM to market and it's all science and tech and, uh, exclusively, which is, a you know, it's the fourth iteration of that program and an opportunity to, uh, just, you know, to see how many people are there you know kind of interested in 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 in, in launching uh tech and science you know companies up here and uh, you know i got a bunch of applications and i got exactly the number of people that i wanted and uh and uh and then i thought well i think it's it's time for the you know to do you know to do more right? and to start thinking about trade missions and to start thinking about you know about promoting ukraine as a destination for startup entrepreneurship and you know, I mean, joked about this before with a few people, but it's, you know, the Yukon is not for everyone, right? I mean, if you want to be a digital nomad and, and, and live in Barbados or, you know, or Hawaii, well, that's what, you, I mean, the Yukon is not going to be appealing to you because I think we, we had, you know, 15 or 12 degrees this past summer, right? It was cold all summer anyway, but, but this is not, is not why you come to the Yukon. Now, if you want to be, you know, if you, if you think on, you know, of a place that just, that is, it's just humbling, you know, it's just the mountains, the air that you breathe, the people, the connection to the land, which I think is very, um, is a very special, it's nothing like I've, it's like, like nothing I've ever seen, you know, it's, it's a, it's a place that is worth visiting and, and deciding for yourself, um, you know, based on how you feel and, and, you know, in, in this place to uh and maybe consider staying and 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 starting your company here and um so in a nutshell that's kind of you know that's those are the kind of the things that uh, i guess that's kind of you know what my mm -hmm. experience has been like you know it's been i've been really busy uh, um 
has been a very unexpected, you know, lots of challenges that I definitely yeah. expected, but, but it worked out well. So, yeah, um, I, I think you gave it a lot to digest, but can we start <laughs> off? Let's, let's, let's start off uh, in the beginning. Like, why did you end up coming to Yukon? Uh, you know, you're not originally from the territories. Am I correct? No, no, not at all. In fact, I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not Canadian either. Um, I, um, I came to, so I was, I was running my second startup in, uh, in Singapore and, uh, I, um, um, anyway, I'm originally from, from Spain and I've been living overseas since I, since I was 17. So, uh, I lived in Asia for many, many years and, and, uh, and I was running my second startup, you know, back in Singapore and as a solo entrepreneur and back in the day too, Singapore really didn't have a startup ecosystem. Mm-hmm nothing at all and it was all you know it was all banking and and you know and then services consulting you know it wasn't really a, I mean definitely um definitely a good place to be and, and get a great job and all of that but not it wasn't a place for startups but then I you know at that time I had really no idea I just I just quit my job with Thomson Reuters back in in Geneva and I was thinking well you know I just want to be an entrepreneur so I moved to Asia started a couple of businesses and I was in Singapore on my second startup and realized I mean, there's no support for startups here. I mean, what am I doing? And I was just starting to, you know, I guess I was starting to learn about the whole, uh, you know, startup entrepreneurship. I, I, I had angels, venture capital, I, I had no clue, right? So, um, and, and so I, you know, I thought, okay, so why don't I just maybe, uh, you know, get some formal education in entrepreneurship and technology again. I, I had, you know, I didn't know where to start. And, 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 and at that time, it was, there wasn't really much, so. Um, over there, so I applied for a, a master's in technology and innovation at the at the University of Nova Scotia, and, and I said, "Oh, all right, so let's move to Canada." You know, I'm definitely, you know, I'm definitely, you know, in North America. I mean, I can cater to Canada, I can cater to the U.S. So it sounds like, you know, it's just an hour flight from Boston. I mean, I, I mean, at the very least, I should be able to connect with very interesting people, and they should be able to, you know, help out. And uh, and so I did, and so I moved to, I moved to Halifax, and. And, uh, and, uh, and it was, you know, again, it was just a very, it was still early for Halifax as well. And, but there were, there were so many programs and there was, you know, there were a few venues where entrepreneurs would meet and it was, it was very interesting. And, and while I was in that program, I, I continued to run my, my Singapore business, but I moved it to, I moved it to Canada a few, a few months after I, I relocated to Canada and, um, and things went, you know, they, things went quite well. I mean, I, I went on a few trip missions. I did a few things. Uh, um, the Canadian Technology Accelerator in New York City was a great experience. It was an eye-opener. I went to, you know, a few trip missions with, um, with the Nova Scotia government. Um, I, uh, I just, you know, I, I visited a few of the Atlantic Canadian provinces. I mean, it was a, it was a very interesting time for me. Uh, um, so, you know, essentially I was, Kind of uh, went through an accelerator program in Dallas, Texas, uh, called Tech Wildcatters, and it was a B two B program um, for uh, for you know essentially for for, for startups. And mm. uh, and at that time, it was really uh, you know I had been pivoting. what what time was this around? So this is so two thousand sixteen. Mm-hmm. I think two thousand sixteen. Yeah, two thousand. And, uh, and I moved to Canada in, in 2014. Uh, 
so uh so two years later i just you know i had pivoted a few times and uh, and i definitely knew you know a lot more about you know the, the world of startup entrepreneurship and so i you know what start what i think started yeah i call it i call it a startup what i was doing at Singapore. frankly it was probably a small and medium enterprise it was just a mm. you know a guy with a website and i was kind of i mean it was very pretty you know, it was pretty fancy. I mean, I was I was competing with Indochino. I don't know if you know. Indochino. Yeah, what were you, what were you trying to do? Th th that exact same thing. And so, the, 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 the you know, the bottom line is that Indochino and I, you know, and I kind of started at the same time, except for they were in Vancouver and had access to a terrific ecosystem, right? The mentors, the, just the access. The access is everything to a startup, right? I mean, access to what you need when you need it. Like as quickly as you can, and, and, and the and the best and, and the best kind of advice or, or capital, whatever it may be, access is is everything to a startup. Mm -hmm. And and uh, it's always competing with those guys. But those guys had access to the university. I think one of them is one of them is a graduate of uh, UBC, or I could be wrong, but I think so. And and um, you know, it was it's a great ecosystem, right? It's just like this. They're great ecosystems in Canada, and they were, uh, in my opinion, blessed to start Indochino. In Vancouver, and I and I wasn't. I started, you know, my company in in uh, in Singapore, and I nobody knew what you know how to grow a startup, and I didn't have much advice. So, um, so I took it, you know. So again, when I moved up here, I kind of, you know, I look at the model, and I and I changed things a few times, and pivoted a few times, until I landed with a software company, and that software company is the idea that got me into that accelerator in, in Texas, and. And so great, same thing in Texas, just great ecosystem, just great people. And, Sorry, uh, what was the software company? What were we trying to... Yeah, so the software company is called Tambor Leo and is a, uh, a product uh, lifecycle management software. Um, and uh, it's a cloud application. It's a SaaS, it's a SaaS company. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and well, I mean, well, I mean, I guess, you know, something uh, terrible happened personally where... I lost my dad at that time, and and uh, you know I was going through the accelerator, and I raised some money, and then and uh, you know and I was like I had three offices at that time. I had an office in Canada, in Halifax, I had an office in in Dallas, and an office in Bangkok, and in Thailand, and I, I had you know things were going well, and I you know and I I was moving very quickly, and and when you know the passing of my dad happened, and I, I guess I just needed a break, right? I just needed a break. Mm -hmm. This is some you know. It's, it's something like when something you know something goes well, but then you you wonder if it's the right thing. Like if it's like, you know if it's the right thing, you know, you know you know devoting so much time to a startup really means that you know you're not going to spend time with your loved ones, right, and, and your friends. And so that's what I did. I mean, the only reason my startup succeeded is because I was 100% dedicated to my startup. Let's say I was 90% dedicated to my startup and 10% dedicated to my family. And that's true. And I can't do anything about that, but it is what it is. It's a big sacrifice. And I was a solo entrepreneur, which makes it harder because you don't have anybody to, you know, to, um, you know, bounce ideas off of or delegate to necessarily. I mean, at the early stages, it's all, it's all very hard. It's all very hard to figure it out on your own. So, um, so I kind of wanted to pause and, you know, take a bit of a break. And, um, I came across this opportunity to come up here and it sounded like, well, you know, if I can continue to work on my startup on the side, because you know, the company's in Texas, but you know, I've been working on it all along, you know, from here and I can, because there is internet and there is internet and, you know, people work remotely as, I mean, as you know, it hasn't been a problem. Um, but, um, but I just needed a break, right. I need, I just needed a break. So, uh. 
so uh, I moved up here and and uh, and I was looking you know I was I was looking to give back I was looking to share my experience and so much like you know people have share their experiences with me and it's mm-hmm. been very helpful uh, I wasn't expecting to be here for this long I wasn't expecting to stay for two years to be honest um, but then you know that opportunity to 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 build this I mean I'm not obviously I'm not doing it alone but I mean the opportunity of building this and uh it just got really excited you know and, and exciting and and, and uh um yeah so I, you know i came here two years ago that is february uh yeah i think i think it was february of 2019 mm-hmm. here in the winter this is my third winter mm. uh and uh yeah it's been you know it's been interesting so- what, uh, uh, where did the decision come from to uh, needing a break to getting to getting into the Yukon? Yeah, like I said, when my dad passed, I was I was just I couldn't really uh, I, I couldn't really focus on the business any, anymore. Like I couldn't really do it at the you know with the you know I, I, I just couldn't bring the energy that the business needed. So yeah. so I, I literally I fired everybody. <laughs> I had a I think we were like fourteen people at that time or fifteen. I don't remember. Quite a few people. I mean, for a startup, that's that's a team. That's a few people, right? Yeah. Um, no, I I, I I let everybody go and and uh, and I told my wife, let's just you know, let's, why don't we just go there and and I can work and you know, there's no there's no commute. I mean, you can I can walk to the office. I mean, it's just really small, right? This is like Moncton or I don't know, imagine just a small town, you know, somewhere in, in Canada. Um, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was great. I mean, I, you know, I mean, it, it was, it was great. And, and I've been really busy working on, uh, you know, working with you construct, working with other people and, and, um, yeah, it's been a great, uh, yeah, I think, I think it was the right, it was the right decision. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy because a startup, you know, a startup is a, it's a time sensitive sort of deal, like, you know, of, of, of enterprise, right. You, you can't just, you know, you can't be sitting on your, you know, in, in, and, you know, and, and you know, and take six years to find product market fit or something like that. I mean, you got to, you know, some people take a year. Some people, some people take six months because they, they get lucky or less. Some people take three years, right? But that's because you, you know, you, you know, you're reaching out to your customers and you learn mm-hmm. and then you just keep. I mean, this is like every single day you bring as much energy as you can. Yeah. Uh, and and I just didn't. I I just needed a break. I couldn't really do that. So spoke with my investors and uh, agreed that I was going to take a break. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Was it burnout? Um, did you feel burnt out, or it was just like you were a lack of creative energy? It's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if it was. It wasn't burnt. Like I, I had, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just feel. I just, you know, I, I, you know. Sometimes it's funny how things work. Like when I, you know, my, um, when I was young, you know, I, I. Uh, I, I always wanted to be the guy at the you know at the airport with the big phone and the, you know the suit the big phone the suitcase you know? um I don't know I just want to be you know I wanted to I wanted to be that person the, the you know the, the, that goes out and experiences the world and, and is successful even though I had no clue what that meant of course right but but the, you know as years went by I I you know like you want to make six figures like whatever I did all of those things that you can set yourself when you're when you when you're when you're young or when you're, you know, a teacher, teenager, a young adult, or, you know, all of these things, I, I must admit that I, I have, I did, I achieved all of these things, but I achieved those, those things that they come at a cost. And so I just feel that, 
you know, I, at the time, you know, the time of the passing, I just feel like, well, it's, you know, was the cost really worth it? I mean, was that, was me not being there, you know, for my family and was that worth the success or whatever? Like, you know, mm-hmm. however, for me, it was never about the money. It was about getting, it's about, you know, proving to myself that I could just do these things. And then, yeah. um, and I just feel like, you know, for a moment, I feel like it wasn't worth it. And if you feel that way, there's, you don't really bring the right energy. So I was not mm-hmm. out from the sense that I, I was tired. I couldn't wake up in the morning. I work. Yeah. I mean, I work for you construct maybe, maybe even more than I work for my own startup. Right. But it wasn't, it was never about that. I guess it was more about just not being sure as to whether or not I was doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you know, you leave your company behind, you liquidate it. Uh, you decide to move into a smaller community. Uh, we can be closer to everyone, closer to your family, and you know, hopefully have a lower pace, like slower pace uh, for in your working days. But um, how did that translate to Yukon uh, connect? Um, was that did that strategic? Did you uh, talk to them first before moving here? Did you move here? Did move to the Yukon and then find out about them? How that how did that connection have uh, come to be? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So, so I mean, I, I can't, you know, I was, I mean, I, I, uh, I, uh, I connected with them because I saw a, I saw a post on, on, uh, on LinkedIn or somebody shared a post. I don't remember. I connected with them and, um, you know, very quickly and turned into, you know, that it turned into a conversation and we had a couple calls and they said, well, look, the Yukon is, it's not, I mean, if you don't come here, you won't really, you, you don't know what this looks like or what this, you know, may look like. And we can't, you know, we want you to come up here and experience the Yukon before Mm-hmm. Um, so they flew me over for a week or so might have been a couple of days more a week or a few days and um met a few people there were a couple of events so i was introduced to a few people government and, and just a, a number of people and um i got an airbnb i got to walk around town and and uh, and it was the winter right so i mean like if you like it if you, if you can cope with it you know with the yukon in the winter i mean you i mean the summer it's just it's just beautiful Right, and summer and spring, so it's beautiful. So, so um, frankly, um, I tell a lot of people. I don't know. I think I don't know what um, what people's motivations are to move to Yukon. For me, I moved for this. Right, so I moved. I was excited. You know, I was excited about the the opportunity to um, to to kickstart an ecosystem here. I mean, you know, there's only a few places left you know as far as opportunities to do that in canada right so definitely the territories and then maybe a few other locations in in the south but um not the capital of province or territory and so this was for me it was an exciting opportunity right so if i'm gonna yeah. start, kind of put up put my business aside for for a period of time and 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 go contribute to something this seemed like a, the most worthy you know opportunity hmm. So they flew me up here and I experienced it and yeah, sure. It was so cold. Right. But <laughs> I, I'm not, you know, as much as I enjoy a hike or, you know, or, or mountain biking, I, I just came here for the job. I mean, yeah. just came here for this. Like I, I, that's the only reason why I, you know, I came up here. I didn't care about the weather. I just, and frankly, I haven't really, yeah, will come up as a surprise to a lot of people if they listen to this, but I don't think I've been, I haven't really been anywhere. Like, I just worked for two years straight, and I don't think I've actually been to many places in the Yukon. Mm-hmm. That is the honest truth. From the yeah. office, my home, home to the office, and I. Uh, so it was just the it was the opportunity, you know. Um, that's it. 
Yeah. How was this your first time like being on the other side of entrepreneurship, helping other companies and other founders succeed? And how 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 did you find that being in that role? Yeah, that's such a great question. <laughs> that's such a great question. Uh, yes, it was the first time. Um, and it felt weird at first because I mean, you know, having spent, I mean, I must admit, of course, I'm not Asian, but I was, I, I, I you know, I, 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 I moved to Asia when I was really young. I mean, I, by young, I mean like 18 or 19 or something. That's that young. You're a young adult. I mean, you, I mean, personality-wise, you still learn about the world. Like you don't really have a fully formed personality and character and so on. You just, you know, you're just too young. And, and I, so I, you know, I, I was, I just grew up as a man in Asia. And so, you know, the, the idea of I'm an expert and all that, you know, you know, those things don't really fly in Asia very well. People are a little more humble and, you know, and, and, and so things just work differently. And, and, and when I, when I moved up here and I was the position where I was sort of the educator or the teacher or whatever, like the mentor, I just felt very humbled by that because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't exactly sure whether or not I had the, I had enough experience to be in that position right so i didn't want to I, I didn't want to mislead people and i and so i i or i mean I, you know i had experience i guess i just didn't know exactly how much of how much experience i had and how relatable that could be or helpful that could be to, to entrepreneurs and um you know i uh after running these programs for you know a few times i i realized that it was very helpful because i mean you know when you i mean you know, when you start companies in, in different countries, then you deal with different jurisdictions. So you learn a lot about law, right? First of all, you're just dealing with lawyers, you're dealing with accountants. I mean, you learn a lot. You learn about trade, you know, microeconomics, uh, macroeconomics. You do like you learn about you know about a number of things, and and uh, and and that's very transferable knowledge to companies, especially of you know, of course, startups that that do business cross borders by default are looking to grow and, and take over the world and be leaders in a certain category um this you know this my experience was very useful very useful source and mentors very useful kind of looking at you know just you know building your board building your advisory board you know looking for funding you know what funding you know you know when to seek funding you know how to how to uh you know how to build a team and all of those things and so you, you, i've gone through that process so many times and it goes without saying that i fail you know most of the times and and I hear a lot of you know I listen to lots of podcasts and and uh, and uh, and and I listen to a few of, of your podcasts as well and they're really interesting because I think the theme the big the theme around entrepreneur I mean the, I would say that what's common what's common to entrepreneurs who succeed and I'm not gonna I don't think I'm I'm there yet but I think what, you know what's common to entrepreneurs who succeed is is that they fail a few times and it's just it's just because you try and you don't know and then you fail and you just keep trying and eventually you know, eventually you find your own way to succeed right you find you have your formula to you know you know how to how you how do you how to start a business you know how to how you know the type of culture that you want for your business and all these things just become very methodology you know methodology and and, and it's and it's easier um and it's easier for you to start something and, and make something successful so so it was yeah, uh, you know, became a mentor overnight, accidental educator, as I, as I, uh, as I say, um, and uh, um, and I'm just very humble by, yeah. by some of the companies that that I supported are are doing great, right? So that's that's humble. Can we can we talk about that? Uh, what are the, some of the companies that stand out for you 
Uh, and what kind of work do you do with them? Yeah. So as part of the as part of the uh, the program, this this bootcamp, I um I uh, well, I formally yeah, I formally run the program or used to, and uh, and uh, and then on the side, you know, outside of the bootcamp or outside of the program, outside office hours, and I I just I mentor them and support them, and, you know, with introductions and um, some of the companies that, in my opinion, have a lot of potential. Uh, first is you know one company that I like uh, you know, very much is called uh, Neighborly Neighborly North, and uh, they are um, they are essentially a, a local option to your typical Airbnb. Uh, they offer you know local experiences, connect people to the local community up here in the north. So you know instead of doing your Airbnb, you know typical Airbnb booking. When you come to the north, if you book through Neighborly North, essentially you are connected with, uh, you know, with uh, uh, with the community through them. And so that's uh, the the concept there is to grow across the north and to be the brand, the you know, the Airbnb brand for the north and competitor, of course. And um, and they've been growing, you know, very much since they started and they're a graduate of the program. Uh, they raised some money and from local investors which is another thing there you go some local investors uh angels and and they're looking they're looking now to raise a um a, a formal uh round within the coming a pre, that was a pre-seed so i guess a seat round within the coming months so i mean it was a great example of a company that uh that uh that has you know that uh, just come out of the program and and uh and is and is doing great. And it's been, they'll be in the you know they're, they're betting on the north. They're betting on the Yukon. They're betting on the north, the territories, Alaska, Northern BC, and so on. And uh, so fantastic. The a few of the companies that I can mention definitely. Uh, um, Disco Velo um, is another company uh, that has come out of the program, uh, raised some money as well, um, and they're developing a software that in a nutshell helps. It works with the stationary bikes, and it helps um, uh, kids uh, at school get in the zone or the pocket, as they call it. Uh, so through, you know, by pedaling in their stationary bikes, then they can play a game uh, that helps them you know, uh, get in the zone. So, so, so find 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 a way for them to to be able to. Um, use that extra energy that they have um and uh and uh, um and be able to concentrate in the classroom and take advantage of that that classroom time uh, or uh, uh or for those kids that for whatever reason may be agitated and so on they you know they 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 piddle in the classroom and and as a means to let everyone else you know helps them helps everyone else let everyone else uh uh listen to to the teacher and, and enjoy their you know enjoy their and take advantage of the classroom. So, I mean, um, um, uh, they those are two companies that I know are doing very well. There's a third company that is um, that is an indigenous business. Her, the name of the business is Grandma Grandma Teresa, and uh, and Teresa is an is, is an amazing an amazing person because she's she's a so she so essentially she's uh, she's a First Nations uh, a Yukon First Nations citizen. Uh, she is also majority owner in the business. And uh, and uh, and she sells bannock, and bannock is a traditional First Nation staple. 
uh, and uh, she was she's been you know working on her business for a while. Went through the bootcamp, uh, and uh, and was connected with the Canadian Technology Accelerator, uh, Vancouver and Seattle office, uh, and and connected with Costco and a few other retailers uh, to prepare her to potentially have Costco be a distributor of of her bannock. Um, so to you know to be able to make those connections and to, you know to see that those things can happen in the Yukon too. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm not going to take more credit than to say that I made those connections. She did all the work and everyone else involved did all the work. Uh, but just to see that, you know, that we, that, that you can do that here, that, that, you know, to remind Yukoners and any other Northern business owner that their businesses are, also Canadian businesses and the services provided to every Canadian business is also accessible to them uh, is important because most of the, and this is legacy, unfortunately, and I hope that it changes, but most of, but the, the, the way the North has been separated and that's, there's, is a very negative, it's very negative legacy is that, you know, mm. in the, for every, every most, I won't say every, because there are so many government departments and, and I wouldn't know, but um, some of the most important to me, as far as economic development is concerned, uh, federal offices are, are based in Vancouver. We, I don't think we, you know, except for CRA, I don't think we have anybody up here. Um, so that means that, well, people in Vancouver, naturally, if they don't live here, they don't really know what's happening here. Right. And so, uh, um, so that's a, that's a challenge. And so traditionally the Yukon as federally, so the Yukon's, Yukon's federal services tend to be in, 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 in BC. Um, NWTs in Alberta, in Nunavut, I could be wrong, but I think it's mostly Ontario. Uh, it may be Quebec to, to, to some extent. Um, so the challenge with that is that the territories, well, we don't really have, um, we're not very well connected. Because if, you know, we're connected to the south, you know, and and, 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 you know, and money makes the world go around, right? If we don't, if we don't really connect because of money, uh, and, and, you know, and up here, you know, you, it's, it's all about economic development, right? And, and, uh, and, and, and development overall infrastructure, education, and all of that, you, you're going to be on the phone with people in DC all the time, and you never going to be, never going to be connecting with NWT or, or Nunavut if you're, if you're in the Yukon. And again, some people do. But there's, you know, the connect. I mean, I have haven't had any connection in two years, uh, simply because, well, everything we need is in is is in is in is in NBC. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, it's been it's been interesting to just to see the federal government um, because of these companies, right, and um, you know, interested in what we're doing and paying more attention to what we're doing. And, uh, and and extending some invitations to you know to some of those some of the programs some of the things that you know that are happening down there as far as funding that's available and all of that we were we we're unfortunately out of the loop of a lot of those things um, but yeah we have a we have we do have a couple of startups that are doing really well as far as revenue is concerned I mean I'm sure uh, either both or either you know one of them has already surpassed a million dollars in revenue their software companies one of them is is Apprendo, Apprendo.io, and the other one is Proof. Um, Apprendo is uh, is an entrepreneur from Mexico who moved to NWT and then 
uh, from NWT, who's working for, uh, for, for a local company, and uh, decided to move to Yukon and start his company here. And I think he's preparing now for, um, he's working out towards Series A. Uh, and he's working out of Yukon, and I think he's got 20 employees or something like that. So I mean, it, it is that's a SaaS, that's a SaaS company hmm. uh, working out of here, and it might actually be our, our first exit, right? And definitely our first company going to CRSA, uh, which is very exciting, right? And the um, and Improve is uh, is uh, TechStars uh, Toronto graduate company uh, that uh, uh, that operates out of the Yukon. Uh, so that's another example of a company that, you know, who would, anyway, who, who would say that, you know, we're yeah. companies like that up here, but not, not a lot of people know. Right. Yeah. Um, and there are Prosquita and a couple of other companies that are doing really well. So like I said, things are in, in the past two years, things, things have happened. Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with the, the Canada's, uh, 2100 plan, um, which is by the year 2100, uh, Canada has a plan to increase our pop, the, the, the national population to 100 million um, citizens, with the majority, with the 20, like about 20 million being pushed up to the northern territories. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, wow. it's very, it's is very that, obscure. Is that, is that really? Is that yeah. Really? So it's called the 2100 plan. It's not very widely openly talked about, but it's a long-term strategy being put in place uh, by policy centers. Um, so one of the main reasons uh, we think that the uh, like majority like majority of our population lives near the 49th parallel near the United States within 20 minutes of the United States, um, because that's where the money is, that's where the economy is. But actually, from the founding of our his, uh, country, Canada purposely built um, infrastructure and moved people in to the border because we were at war with the states, right? Uh, as a, as a British colony. As, uh, against uh, the, the the guys who uh, rebelled against colonies, right? And so they purposely move, uh, built infrastructure and population who can already be called to arms to defend the huge territory, right? Um, so that's one of the main reasons why the North was never uh, conquered because they wanted to keep it close to the states. And then later on, economic ties changed and we became dependent on the state's economy. But now uh, there's a huge push to build infrastructure and support to, and pushed uh, new populations into the Northern Territories. One, um, resources and freshwater. Two, uh, because of uh, the fortunate, unfortunate consequence of global warming is that uh, the Arctic is, is thawing out and new shipping lanes are opening up in the North, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's gonna, it's gonna save uh, shipping lanes like, 30, like 20, 30% of travel times and fuel traveling to the Arctic to go from Asia to, to, to Europe. So it's opening up new areas for ports, uh, for trade, for commerce. Uh, and just like, you know, Vancouver is built completely out of the port system. You know, uh, there's five major rail lines that come to Vancouver to build the, uh, to build the city. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an op- 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 uh, opportunity for the north to have something similar for the no- for, uh, to, to control the northern uh, hemisphere. So we don't know where that's going to be. But two, um, th- or three, only three nations have claimed now to the northern, t- uh, f- uh, for the Arctic Oceans, right? Uh, previously, it was considered an, uh, uh, like uh, like a, uh, a no man's zone because it was the Arctic and it was frozen as thunder. But now it is def- uh, thawing out and becomes more shippable. There's 40 trillion dollars of oil, gas, and mineral wealth underneath there that are now uh, open for exploitation. So Canada, uh, Canada, um, uh, Denmark, and Russia all are the only three nations that have claimed to the to this wealth. Russia uh, has 20 million people. Um, within 20 minutes of the of the North Pole, right of the of the north of the northern coastline, 
right? They have the most sizable population and therefore are claiming the North actually belongs to them, whereas Canada has most territorial claim rights. And Denmark is trying to uh, try, is trying uh, trying to claim that too. That's why the joke came up with Donald Trump buying Denmark right. because of the oil mining gas, right? The, the United States wanted to play in there too uh, by, by by buying, sorry, not Denmark, buying um, Greenland from Denmark, right? So there's a huge opportunities coming up for the North for oil and gas for exploration for um, coastal trading centers and for the need for that. Um, and one of the main things lacking is population and economic support there. Right, uh, one for uh, for trade, for labor, and to help build infrastructure. So, I, I haven't heard uh, much of the internal gears as a mechanism of the government or and, and turning towards this. There's not even like a national debate about this. But mm -hmm. this is coming out of policy and think tanks now, right? Trying to uh, trying to gear up uh, forward for the next uh, the coming generation. So, what I'm interested in about is is there any movement there? Like, have you noticed in the, in the last few years that there has been a more and more shift economically or more political focus towards Northern Territories? You know, it's interesting. I did not know about this, and I will learn more about it now that you, you mentioned, because I think it's, it's interesting. I, um, well, you know, um, I would say yes. I mean, I could be wrong in the number, but I think we get about a billion dollars every year uh, from the federal government for a population mm -hmm. that might be, I should probably know this by now, but something like 40,000 people, right? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money for 40,000 people. And the only way I would justify a billion dollars for 40,000 people, um, is because we're building the infrastructure for a growing population. Now, yeah. now this, I did notice, and I figured a growing population. And so I didn't know about this, but what I did do is that I went to, um, I went online to find out what others uh, predicted Canadian population will be like by, by year 2100. I did that. And my understanding from, from that is that we will grow by 20 million overall. Those are, that's, that's what I read from various sources, our various think tanks, that our, um, our population countrywide will be like in, in, by 2100. So adding 20 million. Now, if you tell me 100 million population, I've never read that anywhere, but it's very interesting. And that would sort of explain why you would invest a billion dollars here, you know, and I don't know how much the government, the central government invests in, or the Canadian government invests in, in, the, in, uh, in the Northwest Territories in Nunavut, but I would assume a lot of money as well. I would mm -hmm. very, very different from, you know, very you know, far away from that, from that billion figure. Um, that's what I, I mean, I would say that the other thing that I would say though, is that you need to buy in from, 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 from first nations governments. Right? And so that's to say that to bring 20 million up here, 20 million people up here to, I guess the territory. So that'll be shared among the, the three territories. I uh I don't see it. I mean yeah. I see it, but I but I, I don't see it as in you know. But I I don't see it um as far as you know telecommunications, schools, like all the whole you know education. And sure, you can build infrastructure and so on, but you you have to have people moving up here. And I mean you know I'll tell you the truth. I mean we experienced minus fifty last year. You know minus hmm. eighty nine plus windchill, and in some parts minus fifty 
five plus windshield minus 60. I mean, this is not for everyone. Mm -hmm. There is not for, I mean, you don't, I mean, I could pay you an extra $30,000 a year, $40,000 a year. Trust me, after your first minus 50, you'll probably, you probably rethink those 20, 30, 40 grand. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not, you know, again, to me, it was never about the weather, but trust me, if it wasn't because, you know, my dedication to my job and because I'm just, uh, you know, my personality, those people who like to be out there and really need that socializing and, and, uh, and, and, and just, you know, just, just the, the occasional coffee or beer or yeah, you know, whatever they fancy. It is not, um, not an easy place. Yeah. Now, you know, if you continue to pour in billions of dollars, I'm sure, I mean, I, for, you know, for the right, I guess for with the, the right amount of money and incentives, you know, you'll, you'll come and, you know, and, and build, you know, build a, uh, you know, uh, you know, wh whatever is needed, but my, but I just don't, you know, I do see that the North is warming up, but it's not warming up to the point where our winters are going to be like BC, right. Or Vancouver, I shouldn't say BC, but like Vancouver. I mean, no, I mean, I spoke with somebody as Wednesday, I think it was Monday who was saying that they haven't seen any snow all winter. I mean, we mm. saw snow in October. I mean, I get, I mean, it was, I mean, it's been cold all year and, and we had snow in, in October and it is, you know, February and there is, it is cold and it's snowy. So I, I see it, you know, it, that means that you can't just, you can't build all year round. You're not building roads with conditions like this. So there's only limited time to do certain things. I don't know how they, you know, if they do plan on building and bringing 20 million up here, you know, I would, I would challenge that, you know, maybe the, um, you know, I would challenge that housing is a huge issue in the north and if that's true well it's gonna take uh, it's gonna take a, a lot of time and a lot of money and and uh, and figuring out partnerships and and, and and other things to uh to provide decent housing to those who live up here mm -hmm. now and uh and that's not i mean it's a big problem in yukon but i believe it's a bigger problem in nwt and an even bigger problem in Nunavut. So mm -hmm. if you want to bring 20 million, first, I think you need to provide decent housing for the people who are already here. <laughs> yeah. And the, the reason that that hasn't been done is because of what I just said. Yeah. It's cold. It is difficult to get materials up here. It is difficult to get trained labor up here. It's not an easy place to do business. And I remember mm -hmm. there, there is a place in Northern Russia. I, believe, I, could, I could be wrong. I forgot, I forgot the name, but there's a place in Northern Russia where you could just people go and make, you know, I just, you know, you know, over a hundred K us or, or more. And uh, for Russia, that's very good money for, you know, uh, unless you're connected, let's leave it at that. But I, uh, uh, but I do know that people just go there and work for a bit and then move back to whatever village they're from. Mm. And, you know, you know, it's not a, it's not a very livable place. Well, I think, you know, sure. Whitehorse is not Northern Yukon, you know, or Northern, yeah. you know, or, yeah. or like other, like other part, like other places in, in the territories but it's very interesting I'll, I'll learn more about it i just find it i just find it interesting i really haven't seen you know i see the money coming in but i really haven't seen this money and maybe that's that's the problem but i will shoot myself in the foot if i said anything more but mm. i uh i haven't really seen yeah i've been, I've been solving some of this problem so yeah i i've recently heard i've only recently heard about this plan i've been following it because uh, it's ambitious. And I love the ambitious uh, visions of it. But part of the uh, supporting evidence for this, right? Um, in Russia, there's they have a two million per, uh, person city 
that the average temperature in the winter is negative 60, right? And they survive. Like it's a whole city, right? They figured it out. So it is proven for that. Two, if we're ever going to live on Mars and like all that, like, you know, if we live in such an extreme climate there, there's no better testing ground than the Northern Territories. Sure. Right? You can survive there. You can, you can, you can translate that stuff there. Uh, three is uh, climate refugees, right? Uh, and, uh, Bangladesh alone with a, a five to 10 to 20 feet of rise in, 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 uh, in, um, in um, uh, what's it? Uh, coastal waters, mm-hmm. right? Is, um, is going to lose a landmass uh, that's that's housed currently by about uh, close to 100 million people. Right, they're all going to move. Um, Canada historically has been really good with I- immigration and um, uh, refugees, but like one of the things that we don't really recognize that very much is that the people that we bring in are generally top tier. Like our processes are very stringent. Like even the, even the refugees you bring in are are screened to a certain degree. They're educated. Uh, they're mostly from like, oh, like you know, like white, like uh, sorry, um, middle class families from their home nations, right? Um, and they're married. They're, they have stability. They have families, right? And they, and they bring here, and it's like we're bringing the cream, we have cream of the crop. And with the refugee crisis, uh, the climate climate refugee crisis that might uh, occur in the next few years, few decades, coming decades, mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna have pick of the litter. We have 20% of the fresh water. We have a lot of land, and we're able to uh, invest. And you think about it, and you're like, oh, most of these people are coming from the tropics. They're never going to survive in the north. I actually um, I talked to a gentleman. He's from, from my home nation, uh, home nation of uh, Sri Lanka. He's he's also Tamil. Um, like you know, there's about I think about uh, 200,000 Tamils that came to Canada um, during the 80s, uh, late 80s and 90s. Uh, you know, fleeing uh, persecution and cultural genocide. And this guy was one of the few people who ended up going, leaving everyone else one of the cities. He went to the Northern Territories and he established one of the only general stores in like a huge mile radius apparently. Mm-hmm. And his general store is also where the RCMP are located. That's the only fixed structure. And he, you know, he, he runs a store, he lives out of it. He got used to the weather and over 10 years started buying up the land and properties because it's the only main business in the area and became a landowner. And he has his own fiefdom. And like, he actually tried to get his family members from back home, sponsored him to Canada, come in, like, hey, come help me. You know, we have land here. Let's 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 build something here. But none of them could handle it. But they're like, you can pay me whatever you want. You can show me whatever you want. It's not worth it. They left. But he stayed. Mm-hmm. You know, I met another bush pilot. Uh, he is he flies a plane again from the, from uh, from from the tropics. But he flies a plane in in the in the in northern. Um, uh, uh, Northern British Columbia to that to that region, and he services about 20 communities that where he's a sole source of transportation for goods and services and people, right? Like an air taxi service almost, all right? And you know I think there is a entrepreneurial spirit just like people who want to who want to um, you know build companies and challenge take on big challenges. There are people who want to take on the old school challenges of conquering land, of conquering extreme conditions, of of surviving through it. And I think one of the cool things with the right support and with the right infrastructure and with the right drive, right, especially economic drivers that are coming, I think there could be a push here to change the fate of our nation, right? Like open up our areas, uh, make it more densely populated, and through that, we become more interconnected. Well, I, I, I definitely think so. I mean, uh, you know, there is Norway and Sweden and Finland and Estonia and, and you know, and those places are cold. And as mm. cold as it, as it gets. Granted, the coldest place on Earth historically has always been Yukon, mm. but uh, um, but they're not. You know, they're 
you know, we're at this very similar parallel, dealing with very similar, you know, uh, challenges. And I think the, the only difference between them and us is that they're more populated than, they, than we are. Yeah. As far as the North is concerned, of course, right? Actually, as far as the landmass is concerned, Canada is definitely, you know, very, very, um, I mean, um, uh, it's a very low population density. But, mm. I, I, you know, I find that those th that's the only reason. If there it was a bigger, you know, population supports everything, right? I mean, population will support universities. Universities would support, you know, internships or interns and young graduates that will then, you know, feed into feed into the economy as, you know, future families, mortgages, and that will fuel construction and businesses, service. I mean, I mean, that's how, you know, that's how we build, you know, modern, um, how, how we build cities or communities in, 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 in this age. Mm -hmm. um, so that would, that would make sense. Now, I just don't know if to, you know, I always say that it's, it's very interesting, the, the whole idea of, you know, of bringing in immigrants. I think I always joke with, um, you know, having relocated to Canada myself, I, uh, and being, you know, just back in Singapore and looking at the people when I was, you know, putting in my application for, for a student visa uh, or study visa, rather, I, I, I always joke that, you know, the biggest blessing to Canada and the biggest threat is the, the this, in by threat, I mean, like, Canada is attracting just super smart people, you said, right? Yeah. This is true, right? And the biggest threat to me is that, well, you underutilize these people, either you mm -hmm. lose or you disenchant them. And either one of those two is bad because when they come here, they're ready. They're ready to give, they're ready to build, they're ready to do anything. They'll move to Yukon, they don't care, right? And so I've been on calls with people and said, okay, I just, I'm in the UAE, I just landed a, you know, a permanent residency, so I wanna to move to Canada. And frankly, I don't know, it all sounds cold to me, obviously. Mm. You know, every, no matter where you look, it does not, he knows it's not gonna be like the UAE. And, and, and I said, well, I could come to the Yukon or I could come to Nova Scotia, it doesn't really matter. I'm just looking to see like, you know, who, you know, what's, what's up there, you know, what's out there for me. And, um, and I feel it's important, you know, when you bring people like that, that you have a strong value proposition. And oftentimes you, I mean, you said, you point to some of the things that truly matter. If I was in the UA and you told me this, we have, you know, we have, we have the third largest reserves of, you know, fresh water in the planet. I, I, I care about that, obviously, or from Singapore, we've been drinking, you know, recycled water. Uh, you know, I, I would say, I would say, well, that's brilliant. That sounds like an upgrade, right? And, and there's tons of land. And so, well, that sounds like an upgrade, but how about, you know, starting a business? How about, you know, uh, how about doing business? How about doing certain things? Like, you know, you know, we, I think, uh, certain things up here, you know, should work better than they do. We should be more competitive and, uh, and, and we should, you know, and we're doing, and we're doing lots of things to, um, you know, to be and to build a more competitive, more resilient economy, we have a long way to go. So I, I think uh, that what I would appeal to, you know, is anybody at the government listening is that it's important to put a lot of effort into attracting great people, but great people are great. It doesn't matter where they come from, Sri Lanka, where they come from, you know, from, from South Africa, Ghana, you know, Guatemala, if they're smart, they're smart. They're probably smarter than most people around you today, right? because they're smart. They're one of the smartest in their nation, right? So out of millions of people, they're the smartest people. And so they make the cut and they come here and they don't take very long to figure things out, right? They, they don't take very long that if you go to Alberta, you're going to pay less taxes and, and, and there's rest tape and, you know, there's less red tape so they you know, can do more things. Like they don't take very long to figure these things out. They probably figure these things out before they jump on the plate and get to Canada, right? So 
So what's important is to recognize that we don't just attract, you know, immigrants that are, you know, because they, you know, they find the proposition of more land freedom and all of that and access to, you know, these resources appealing. Um, we need to have a strong plan for them to play a bigger role in the economy. And, and you know, and, and, and some of them are, and I feel like some of them are heavily underutilized. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited because Canada continues to attract these people. So that's phenomenal. I mean, like eventually we're going to have like, I mean, this is going to be a very exciting place to do business. I mean, even the North, right? I mean, people are already moving up here and, and, and that's exciting. Uh, I think it's important to, to continue to, um, to pay attention to, to, you know, how do we better utilize this labor, this talent that's coming up here uh, and staying competitive. So I'm excited yeah. for uh, this. I mean, I, I play for Team Canada after all, so. Definitely. Um, so let's, I know we're a little over time here, but I really want to cover, um, you know, you you know, you disclosed that uh, you decided to leave uh, your current position. Mm-hmm. Um, what brought you to that, uh, brought you that decision and where you want to go from there? Yeah, well, I think it's, you know, part of it is, part of it is, um, part of it is growth, you know, personal growth. Part of it is, you mature, you know, you, you, you become aware of the things that you're good at, the things that you're not good at, the things that you are not interested in, the things that interest you. And, and then you start making choices. Right. And then, yeah, sure. The blessing of, you know, being able to be in a good place. I mean, I guess both emotionally or, or, uh, you know, uh, uh, money wise to, you know, to be in a place that you can say, all right, so look, I'm going to resign and take some time to think about, you know, my next steps, my next steps, you know, for me, it was, you know, when I came to Uconstruct, it was more about, let's get this thing kickstarted. And I think we did, you know, I think we did. I mean, if you ask people around, I mean, not everyone, I mean, there's still those who say a startup is a company that started up. I think, I, I mean, I just, I mean, there'll be those who, who still say that, but there'll be those who, you know, starting to connect the dots and those who are starting to be very ambitious and believe like some of the companies that I've mentioned, that they can truly build a unicorn out of the Yukon. And look, you know, however absurd, however, you know, however, you know, I don't think it's absurd, but I think however absurd people may think, you know, that's possible to do that out of the North because we don't have access to capital. I mean, it is true. I mean, if as if it wasn't challenging anywhere else in Canada, it is even more challenging here. But look, that's how lots of ecosystems get started in Canada, you know, let alone other parts of the world. Right? And so I, I, um, I think uh, I did as much as I could to kind of build a foundation. Uh, with this organization, but I work as well with a limitation of a, of an organization um, that wasn't built, wasn't designed to do this. It wasn't designed to support startup entrepreneurs. It was designed to uh, to help build community, to give access to to space, to give access to you know uh, to a co-working space, give access to a mixed space, you know for. Uh, uh, to do to do certain things and not so much build to support startup entrepreneurship and get into investment and, and all of that. So I work with that framework, right, in that mandate, and that is very limited. So so I always, you know, I you know lately I realized that well, they're doing a great job of what they're doing. You know, I mean, you can't say they're not. I think they're doing a fantastic job, and anyone in the Yukon recognizes their, you know, their their their. Um, the great job they've done of connecting people and giving access and providing access, even during the pandemic, you know, ensuring that, you know, those doors stay open and people, you know, could come in and, and use the, and use the internet and, you know, have access to a printer and lots of those things who you will take for granted if you're in the South. Um, 
but that's not really easy to come by here in the north right so so that that so this organization plays that role for me right now it's all about startup entrepreneurship i, I mean we need to you know it's, it's all about startup entrepreneurship potentially uh get people you know getting people excited about uh, you know uh, 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 starting a, a super cluster for the north you know starting something really big super cluster you know super cluster type here for the north uh, connecting universities there's only one university in the north yukon uh, yukon university just turned a university last year from a, from a college uh, the other two territories uh, have colleges not yet universities uh, there's so much work to do and yeah. and i think a you know i think a with that framework that I was provided, I think I've done as much as I could, and now it's time, you know, to maybe, um, maybe coming up with something new, you know, something of my own, um, and contribute to that momentum, uh, and and maybe build a framework that is uh, limitless. Yeah. So. Okay, um, I'm really excited to see what uh, comes out of this. Um, you know, it seems like you're very deeply passionate about what you do. You're uh, extremely well versed in the startup world with with your own personal background, and you're not afraid of challenges. Clearly, right? L living living in the living in where you are, but um, yeah, uh, William, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's been a real pleasure. I really enjoyed learning more about what's going on in the north, and uh, your your insights are really helpful. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Well, thanks thanks again for for having me. I always you know I I'm just uh, an email away or or a call away. I always you know I'm always looking for people who are interested in, in supporting entrepreneurs up here or interested in, in partnerships that can help us connect the, uh, connect the Yukon with, you know, with, with everyone else in, in Canada. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the road, the road ahead is, is exciting. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be, uh, you know, to be, uh, uh, to be surrounded by, you know, lots of supporting organizations. This is a venue that, that allows us to put the word out there and, 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 and let people know that we, that we exist. So I thank you. Thanks for that. And thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. Uh, stick around for a quick, a quick debrief. Uh, and for everyone who tuned in, thanks again. Episode one, one, one.